You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Israel 5780, 2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Tetzaveh. The Torah continues with the description of the command to create the different parts of the Mishkan, specifically the beginning of our Parsha, the Big Day Kahuna, the special garments of the high priest, of the priests of Aaron and his sons. And I'd like to share with you a beautiful idea, and we'll see how it connects to Purim as well, that is brought down by Reb Chaim Shmulev. It's really a very touching idea that it's really especially appropriate for our time of year. Sheves Achim Gam Yachad is the name of the piece. Pasuk says in Shmois, in Exodus chapter 27, verse 20, And you shall command the people of Israel, and they shall bring to you the olive oil, the pure olive oil. And yes, an important question. Why is the Torah specify that the olive oil needed to be brought to Moshe? Why specifically to him? The Ramban has this question and he explains. What is the reason why they are to bring it to him? to you, to Moshe, he says something which on the surface seems very strange. He, he says, he needs to check it. Moshe Rabbeinu needs to be the one to examine the oil, to see if indeed it's pure, if it's done properly. Um, so he says, Moshe Rabbeinu is the only person who understands Olive oil, who understands the properties of olive oil. Imhuzach, the kosis karoyal, the Moshe Rabbeinu, he's the only one that knows if it's properly pure, etc. Kumaykain, similar question we can ask in another point in our parsha, Perak Chavches, Pasagalev. Alakosiv Laholan, it says, Hashem says to Moshe, I want you to bring to you, I want you to bring close to yourself, Aaron, your brother, and his sons, to make them to be kohanim, that they should become the priests. What is the idea in both of these places of the word elecha, which means to you, bring it to you, bring them to you? So he says an amazing thing. Listen to this because it's so powerful and so important for our time of year, and really for all times of year, but especially Purim time. David Oimar brings a pasuk. King David said as follows in Psalms and Tehillim, Perk Kuf Lamed Gimel, Pesukim Aleph and Beis. How beautiful and how pleasant is it? How good is it when brothers sit together? What is it? Like says the Pasuk, it's like the fine oil which is poured upon a person's head, which drips down onto the beard. The beard of Aaron comes down on his midos, whatever that means exactly, I'm not getting into, I'm not, I'm not sure if I understand. But the basic idea of the verse is that there's something about the oil that's coming down on the beard of Aaron, and it has something to do with how wonderful it is when brothers sit together. What's the idea? This of Imejish, the Mejish says like this. It's also brought in the Shita, the Shita Mikubesis, in the Gemara increases stuff, hey, I'm a base. The Lekach Kosov, Shtepam Zikan. Why does it say twice in the verse, Why does it say the word zakon, which means a beard? Why does it say it twice? 
Lefi, the Medrash explains, Lefi shahaya al zikan aron, ki ilu hahaya al zikan there are two beards. One is the beard of Aaron He's being anointed to be the high priest. So he has this oil being poured upon his head. It's dripping down onto his beard. But there's also another beard. It's the beard of Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is what it means when the Pasuk says, it's so beautiful and wonderful when brothers sit together. Kalaymar. What is the idea? What is the Medrash trying to say? So Chaim Shmulavis explains. Aaron and Moshe had a tremendous midatoiva, a tremendous good character trait. And that was that they had an achdus, an achva, a, a brotherhood, a unity of purpose, a sense that each one, when one of them had something good happen to him, the other one felt like it happened to him, as we'll soon see. The Medrash is telling us that there's two beards. There's the beard of Aaron that's receiving the oil, and there's the beard of Moshe that's receiving the oil. Because when Aaron got the oil poured on his head, so to speak, when he was anointed to be the Kohen Gadol, to be the high priest, Moshe Rabbeinu felt that he himself was anointed. He felt such an elation for his brother's success that he himself felt like it was his own success. When the oil is on Aaron's beard, it's as if it's on his own beard. To this point, they felt, to, to this extent, I'm sorry, they felt like one person with one heart. The verse tells us, the verse tells us about the fact that Hashem got angry at Moshe and Hashem told him about something that Aaron, his brother, had done. But Rashi Shom, Rashi brings to the Pasuk in Shemais, chapter 4, verse 14. I'm sorry, that, let's scratch that. Hashem got angry at Moshe, not for something that Aaron had done. Moshe had refused. Hashem had asked him over and over again to be the shliach, to be the messenger who would bring the tidings to the Jewish people and he would be the one to ask Paro to uh, let the Jewish people out. Moshe said no. Over and over again, Hashem got upset and said, Okay, Aaron, Achichi, Aaron, your brother will be your mouthpiece, your spokesman. Rashi Shom, Rabbi Shua ben Karcha Omer. Rashi says over there that Rabbi Shua ben Karcha says, It says in the Pesach that Hashem got angry. In all of the places... So whenever it says Vayicharaf, Hashem got angry. Something happened. There was some. There was some plague that began. Chas heaven forbid, in, in, uh, amongst the Jewish people, or whatever it is. There's always Vayicharaf. Hashem always involves something happening. Something, some negative effect. There's no negative effect here, even though Hashem got angry. We don't find any punishment that came as a result of that anger. He said, no, you're mistaken. There was a negative effect. What was the effect? Hashem, as a result of the refusal of Moshe to go out and to become the messenger, immediately to be the one to speak on behalf of the Jewish people, as a result of that, Hashem took something away from him. Aaron was supposed to be a Levi, and that's it, just a regular Levite. And Moshe was supposed to be the one who would be the Kohanim, the priest who would come from him and his children. 
As a result of Moshe's refusal to listen to the word of Hashem, to listen to the direction of Hashem, so he lost his opportunity to be the priest. Instead it would go to Aaron, Aaron and his sons would be the priests, and you'll just be, your children will be Levim, regular Levites. As the verse says, that Moshe, his children, would henceforth be called on the name of Levi. So, so he lost something as a result. There was a charenaf. There was an anger. Now, so there's a machlekes here. That's what Reb Chaim points out. There's an argument here. One of the, the Tanoim says that there was no effect of Hashem's anger. The other one says that there was an effect. And that was that Moshe Rabbeinu lost the kahuna. What's the idea? Even though they seem to argue, this one was there was no effect, this one was there was. The other one holds that there was a great effect. He lost the kahuna that should have come from him. They're both true. Even though it's true, that Moshe Rabbeinu lost the kahuna, he lost the priesthood. Nevertheless, it was given to Aaron. Moshe so affiliated himself, so identified himself with Aaron, that when Aaron was anointed to be the priest, he felt like he himself was anointed. An amazing thing. His heart rejoiced for Aaron as if he himself had become the Kohen. It felt to him like he hadn't lost anything because his brother had it and he felt like whatever whatever benefit his brother got, he felt like he got. Amazing thing. Unusual achva. Unusual brotherhood. Unusual, usually brothers fight. Right? That's normal. That's natural. Usually there's kinna. There's jealousy. If I see that, that my brother is successful, I feel like I'm not successful. I feel like I have to outdo my brother. An amazing thing when it came to Moshe and Aaron, and it's not a coincidence, of course, that these were the Goyalim, these were the people who were the redeemers of the Jewish people, had such an amazing midah of brotherhood and such a sense that whatever the other person had, it was as if they, had felt, they felt that they had received it themselves. So, so he brings down furthermore, That what perhaps with this idea, says Rabbi Shmulevitz, we can understand what is the idea of We asked at the very beginning, what is, what is the pshat? Why does it say that the oil needs to be brought to to you, Moshe? What is the idea that the Kohanim, Aaron and his brother, Aaron and his sons, need to be brought to you, Moshe? Why to him? Why specifically to him? Was there no one else who understood? The, the intricacies of what's considered the finest uh, olive oil. Only Moshe Rabbeinu understood that. So he explains that the idea of the olive oil was that Aaron Akain, Aaron and his sons, they felt left out. All the other Nisim of the Jewish people had brought the special stones to, for the breastplate of the, of the Kain Gadol. They had something to offer. They had something to give to the Mishkan. And Aaron Akain didn't have something. He didn't have anything specific that he was able to offer the Mishkan. And Hashem has said, don't worry. You have something special all unto your own, which is the Hadlaka of the Neris, lighting the menorah, lighting the special candelabra of the Mishkan, of the, of the tabernacle. So when, it says, it says, it's a beautiful pshat, 
felt that when Aaron got this opportunity, you know, he also didn't get an opportunity to bring something special to the Mishkan, so to speak. Aaron, also, Aaron and Moshe both felt that lack, a beautiful chiddush, beautiful novel idea. They both felt a lack. When Aaron had the opportunity to fulfill that lack with the mitzvah of lighting the menorah, Moshe Rabbeinu also felt, because of his identification with his brother, because of his resonance with whatever happened, to, you know, for the good, for the benefit of his brother, he felt like he got this mitzvah too. It was to be brought to him. Moshe Rabbeinu felt like it was his mitzvah as well. It wasn't just Aaron's. And when Aaron, similarly, in the Pesach, bring to you Aaron and his sons, that also felt to Moshe Rabbeinu like he was the one. It's Elecha to you, Moshe, specifically to you. Because it was Moshe himself who felt like it was his own he felt identified, he felt like it was him that was becoming the Kayan, that he was the one who was going to be receiving this great honor, this great opportunity to serve Hashem through the Avaidas HaKahuna, through the service of the priesthood. Now he says an amazing thing, it also worked in the opposite direction. It was it, the reverse is also true. We find in the Psukim that Aaron also was excited for the accomplishments and for the opportunities that his brother Moshe had. Moshe Rabbeinu did not want to come. Part of the reason was, says Rechaim, that he didn't want to be the messenger for Klaus because he felt like it should be Aaron's job. Aaron has been with the Jewish people all along while I've been off in Midian with Yisro and his daughters and the, and the sheep. Don't, don't send it with me. I'm not the right one. You should have sent the who should be the messenger to save the Jewish people. The one who's always been the messenger, which is Aaron, my brother. He didn't feel it was appropriate. This is a medrash. He didn't feel it was appropriate to, to step on the toes of Aaron, his brother. Until Hashem said to him, that Aaron will see that you are the one who's appointed, anointed, so to speak, to be the Mashiach, to be the Messiah, the, the, the Savior of the Jewish people, he will rejoice in your appointment. Even though he's the one who's usually being sent, and now Moshe, you're going to come in, and you're going to be sent in his place. Aaron had a tremendous joy for the fact that his brother Moshe was the one who was going to be the Goyal, the Redeemer. Aaron felt that he himself had been appointed, even though it was Moshe that was appointed, the same exact thing in the reverse direction. Aaron will rejoice in his heart even more so than what he says. The, the meaning of this, according to Magin Avram, is that the joy of Aaron was such that it, he couldn't even express it with his mouth. He was so happy for Moshe and for his brother that, that he, didn't, he couldn't even explain it. He couldn't even express it with words. He couldn't even express it. The Amr Shimon ben Yechai, Shimon ben Yechai tells us an amazing thing. 
Yilbosh Urmetumim, the heart that rejoiced in the joy of his brother, Arna Akain, who was so joyful for Moshe Rabbeinu, for his greatness, for his opportunities, that heart is going to wear the Urm of the the special breastplate that the high priest wore. It goes upon his heart. The heart that has the ability to hold within it a joy for somebody else. That kind of heart. That's the correct heart that's going to wear the breastplate that has the special precious stones, each one representing one of the tribes of Israel. This type of heart is able, especially able, the one who has the ability to be happy for his brother, that's the one who can rejoice and understand and carry upon his heart that which represents all the different hearts of the Jewish people, all the different special gvanim, the special character traits of the tribes of the Jewish people. In order to have a proper understanding, the, the, the breastplate would light up, and they would have, uh, the, it would light up with answers from Akkadish from God, so that they would have answers to the questions that were on their hearts and on their minds. The only one who could properly understand it is someone who properly understood the people that were asking the question. Aaron, who was able to rejoice in the in the simcha of his brother, he would also be able to to be part of the pain and the challenge of somebody else. So then it would be very clear exactly what the urvetumim were saying. And he goes in, and I'm not going to read the whole, the whole thing inside because I, I want to get back to Purim as well. But he goes on and he explains that Moshe Rabbeinu had this midah, Aaron had this midah, and one way is re- is being able to identify and resonate with someone else's joy, which is a challenge. It's not always easy, or it's usually not easy. It's a tremendous midah to be able to resonate with someone else's joy, to be happy for somebody else, and feel like that thing, that good thing that occurred to them, happened to me. But another another aspect of it is the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu, where did he get the Midah, says Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz, where did he have this ability to resonate with Aaron and to resonate truly with all of the Jewish people? It was because he was Meshtatev B'Tzaram. When he went out, when he was young, and he went out from the palace, and he saw his brothers working so hard, he, he helped them out. He bent over and, and, and helped them with their loads, and he felt their pain. Because he was able to feel their pain, because he was able to identify and, and feel like their pain was his own pain, that's how he became the leader of the Jewish people. And that's the type of leader that the Jewish people need all the time. And when Moshe Rabbeinu passes on from the world, he asks Kodesh Baruch Hu specifically, he needs the Jewish people to have a leader. What does he care about when he's about to die? All he thinks about is the fact that the Jewish people need a new leader who also has the ability to understand them, to be mishtatev b'tzarem, to identify with their challenges and with their difficulties, and thus be able to, to resonate with them, and to be able to lead them properly, and to understand them, and to give them the right advice. That's who Moshe Rabbeinu was. That's who Moses was. And that's who Yehoshua, the, the next leader of the Jewish people, Joshua, that's who he was. So we have two things here, two amazing, challenging, difficult things, 
One is to be able to identify and resonate and feel like the good of someone else is my own good. And the other is to feel like the challenge and difficulty of someone else is my own challenge. And the amazing, beautiful thing about Purim, Purim was a day that the, excuse me, that the entire Jewish people together joined in a tremendous challenge and difficulty. We were forced by our enemy, by Haman, who wanted to destroy us completely to feel connected to other people, to feel like we are all one nation, Am Echad, right? Like the Pasuk says in the Megillah, the Jewish people were forced to feel like one nation. And the result was a commitment that every year on Purim, we do things to rejoice with others. What do we do? We have three mitzvahs, we read the Megillah, we give Matanas and we give poor people, we give them money, and we have the Suudas Purim, the special Suudas Purim, and Meshlach Manas, I'm sorry, four mitzvahs. Four things that we do. Mishlach, Manasih, We're busy giving to others. We're busy rejoicing with others, giving other people presents. We're also identifying those people who, who have less than us. We're Mishtatev Bitsaram. We feel their pain. We give Matanas Avyanim. We give special gifts to the poor. And in that way, the sense on Purim, the feeling on Purim, especially in Eretz Yisrael, but anywhere where Jewish people are, there are communities of Jewish people, the sense on Purim is... I am you and you are me. We are, we are joined. We are all together. We are all in this together. I resonate with your joy. And I resonate with your challenge and difficulty. And I'm going to do something as a result. I'm going to take action as a result of that. I'm going to give to the poor. And I'm going to give to the wealthy. I'm going, there's a giving. There's an automatic giving that comes as a result of sensing and feeling that the other person and I, we are all one. The result automatically is that I want to give. I want to give something of myself because I feel like you are part of me. So really, it's not giving. It's really, I sense that you and I are one. And therefore, I want to share with you what I have. Just like I share, I've taken, so to speak, some of your pain and I've shared it and I've felt it. Or I've taken the goodness that I see in you the joy that you have, and I shared it with myself, and now I'm going to, the result of that automatically is a giving. And so Purim is an opportunity for us to emulate Moshe Rabbeinu, emulate Aaron, the amazing brotherhood, the amazing spirituality. This is our Geula team. We're looking at Moshe and Aaron, and these are the people who redeem the Jewish people. These are the ones who are able to take us out of the darkness of Golos. These are the ones who are able to bring us out into the light and to give us the Torah and to lead us through the Midbar, through the wilderness of 40 years. What is their unique ability? It's their ability to identify with us. And if we want to know what it takes to have a Geula, we need to look no further than the story of Purim. We need to look no further than what happens on Purim. That joy, that unity, that sense of camaraderie that the Jewish people, we reenact on Purim. That is the sense that we will have, of course, when Mashiach, when the Messiah arrives, and it will be soon, with Hashem's help. But if you want to know what that leader, what the Mashiach is going to look like, think about it. He's going to look like a Moshe Rabbeinu. He's going to look like an Aaron. He's going to be somebody who identifies with us, who identifies perhaps with his siblings. Perhaps there will be more than one person, just like in the story of Purim. You had Mordechai, you had Esther. There's a team. There's a Geula team. So you want to know what Mashiach is going to look like? There'll probably be maybe even brothers who are involved in it, you'll see that there are people who identify with each other and identify with us. And thereby, through that identification, they help us to identify with each other as well. So I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Shem should help us, that we should be zeich, we should merit to have an amazing Purim. We should 
develop this sense of camaraderie, this sense of identification, this sense of joy in other people's success, this sense of recognizing the difficulties of others and feeling that for ourselves. And that should result in a spontaneous giving to others as we do on Purim. And it should extend throughout our days. And indeed, we should be zeiche to the biaskal, to the coming of Mashiach, and a tremendous brotherhood and camaraderie very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.